Hey there, hockey fans. You are listening to episode four of Bear Tracks, the Orlando Solar Bears podcast. I'm your host and play-by-play voice of the Orlando Solar Bears, Jesse Liebman. And it's good to get back to yet another episode of this podcast. Uh, a couple of news items to touch on before we get into this episode's interview. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning prospect Daniel Walcott announced uh, earlier this week, re-signed to a one-year two-way contract, spent last season with the Syracuse Crunch in the American Hockey League. Uh, That news a little tempered by uh, an article written in The Athletic by Joe Smith, the Lightning Beat reporter. Evidently, uh, Walcott's grandfather, Dennis, passed away uh, in his retirement home in Montreal at the age of 92 in the past week uh, due to the COVID-19 coronavirus. Uh, So a little bit of a sad news there, but certainly our heart goes out to the Lightning organization and Walcott and his family Uh, In ECHL news, uh, we touched on it a little bit as the Kansas City Mavericks during the last episode were making preparations to announce their new head coach that would succeed uh, the stewardship of John Scott Dixon uh, after he was relieved in late January and replaced by Cole Schultz on an interim basis. Tad O'Had, longtime associate head coach of the Florida Everblades, will now get his first head coaching gig at the pro level uh, with O'Had under Brad Ralph and prior to that Greg Poss as an assistant coach uh, had spent several years with the Florida Everblades organization was part of that squad that made a run to the Kelly Cup finals where they ultimately fell in seven games in 2017-18 to the Colorado Eagles Uh, and elsewhere around the ECHL a couple of award items handed out Cincinnati's Chris Burke named the equipment manager of the year that was an uh, award earned by Solar Bears head equipment manager Adam Dexter during the 2012-13 season and Indy's George Bullock named the trainer of the year uh, both the equipment manager and trainer of the year awards presented by Warrior Hockey the exclusive on ice equipment provider of the ECHL Uh, Our guest today uh, was only in his first year of pro hockey as an athletic trainer, but uh, I have to imagine that he'll be joining George Bullock uh, and the rest of the other ECHL athletic trainers that have earned the Athletic Trainer of the Year award uh, over the last decade or so. It it wouldn't surprise me if his name is added to that list in short order over the next few seasons while with the Solar Bears. Mike DeGatano, our guest today, uh, joined the Solar Bears this season for his first Uh, position as a head athletic trainer in pro hockey after previously interning with the staff of the NHL's Philadelphia Flyers. The Pennsylvania native uh, talked with us for quite a bit about the trials and tribulations of his first season, uh, what the learning experiences was like, and how he's able to keep things light in the room along with the rest of the staff and keep the players at ease. So here's that interview on Bear Tracks with Solar Bears head equipment manager Mike DeGatano. Joining us now on Bear Tracks is Solar Bears head athletic trainer Mike DeGatano. Mike, thanks for joining us. Uh, how are you holding up these last few weeks uh, since the season came to an end? Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed listening to the first couple episodes. You're doing a great job, Jesse. Um, <laughs> and as far as how I'm holding you up, uh, I've had some structure so far, so it hasn't been too bad. I've got a couple guys back for rehab, so I've had some structure in my day as far as going over in the morning and then again later in the evening to do rehab with them just to keep keep them on track with their progressions but as they're heading home coming shortly I think I'll start to get more involved with 
uh, the hospital and helping out wherever they need me with this whole COVID-19 epidemic or pandemic happening. So just uh, taking it day by day like everybody else, I guess. Well, I guess they, it's safe to say that the work never really stops for you, even though it's in the off season already. Uh, one season officially in the books for you, Mike. Uh, this was your first season uh, in a head athletic trainer capacity for a pro sports team. Um, let's walk walk back, though, through through your career. I mean, uh, before we do that, how would you assess overall that that fr- first season, despite the fact that it did came to somewhat of an abrupt end in, uh, in mid-March? Uh I would say, first of all, it was a lot of fun. We had a great uh, team as well as great staff from Drake to Jared, uh, Dex, Tone, Ty, and then you as well, Jesse. Um, so oh, that aspect, um, we had a great support system for me as well with my coworkers and the docs. So it was... There was definitely, I mean, some challenging times for me, some growing pains as far as my first year uh, out of school and I'm being the head guy. So there was some struggles that occurred, which I think happened with anybody their first year. But the biggest thing, I was just trying to learn a little bit every day and take something from it that I could use in the future to make sure that things go smoother and just, you know, help to be a better resource for the guys each day. Well, certainly the fans that that tune into this podcast, uh, you, I, I think, would provide uh, some great amount of insight. And certainly there there are some things we can't discuss just due to the intricacies and, and privacy uh, that comes with sports medicine and dealing with these athletes in, in the manner that you do. But sort of a behind the scenes glimpse. Before we do get into that, though, Mike, uh, jumping back to really your your beginnings, you grew up in Pennsylvania. Uh, and how how did you first get into the sport? Because you also played hockey. I, I know growing up and in college, uh, you you played uh, for the club team at Penn State uh, right around the time that they were getting their NCAA program off the ground. Um, but growing up, though, who were some of your influences? What kind of led you to decide to pursue uh, athletic training, sports medicine as a, as a potential career? When did it dawn on you that that was a possibility? Uh, so I think I got into the sport like most other kids, like my dad played, uh, ball hockey, uh, in a rec league. So, you know, everyone wants to be like their dad when they're a kid. So me and my brothers all started playing, um, from there that evolved to getting onto the ice where, um, you know, learning to skate and then playing hockey was, you know, a lot of fun and making a lot of great memories and great connections with other people as a kid and then growing up. Uh, Then when I was deciding on a school, I originally chose Penn State because I had a great engineering program, and that's what I originally went to school for for the first year. Um, But then while I was there, realized I could never picture myself having, you know, a normal nine-to-five desk job, so... Started looking into some other options. Had always been interested in sort of the sports medicine uh, slash just medicine in general. So switched over to kinesiology so I could, you know, keep my options open as far as where I could go in the future with the idea of either doing PT, AT, or a PA type role. Um, From there, just 
looking more into each of them as my time in school was coming to an end and saw what AT was and the impact you could have as well as the fast pace from day to day. Just really liked that. So uh, from there, went to from Penn State to Westchester University, right by my hometown in PA, um, as they were starting a master's program there. And things just sort of fell into place as I was moving along. And Westchester had a connection with the Flyers where I made an unbelievable connection with their two athletic trainers, Jim McCrossin and Sal Rafa, who helped me immensely grow as not only just a student, but also like as a professional and seeing how they carried themselves day to day and how they handled the rigors of an NHL schedule. So that was really big for me to see that and use that to move forward. You talked a little bit about your apprenticeship with uh, the Philadelphia Flyers organization, and they're an organization that goes back to the to the late 60s, over 50 years ago, and, and certainly they've, uh, they're have they a big market team and certainly a lot of tradition that is with that organization. You talked about some of your influences with the Flyers organization, and, and it's really remarkable. The one thing I've discovered in my eight years working in, in pro hockey and in the ECHL is the, the number of different connections and how you can name one person and chances are someone in the room knows that person as well. Uh, your, your companion on the hockey ops staff this year, Adam Dexter, I'd say you two probably form uh, one of the, the hardest working duos in the ECHL, let alone North American pro hockey. And Adam, of course, had some time uh, working in the uh, Flyers organization with their American Hockey League affiliate at the time in Glens Falls, New York, the Adirondack Phantoms that have since relocated to Lehigh Valley. Uh, so when the time came for you to, to look for that first job, that uh, and no longer an internship, but an actual employed job working in pro hockey, uh, what led you to the Solar Bears and how, how involved was uh, Adam in, in that process uh, and, and the, the process overall as a whole. So, yeah, I think Adam was a pretty big part in helping me out. So his connection with the Flyers organization, he had remained friends with, uh, the Flyers one athletic trainer, Sal. Um, and so when we were down at the trainers meetings last summer, I found out through Sal that Orlando was going to have an opening. Um, and to, you know, send my stuff to Dex. And so, I mean, it always helps to have uh, a good word in your corner and someone to, you know, put in that recommendation for you. And I think it goes even further when there is that personal connection from the person making the recommendation, not just the, you know, word of mouth. So he was definitely uh, helpful there. And then throughout the year with, he's got, a thousand games work now he has a lot of experience and whether and you know whether it was okay cut that and so he's got a thousand games worked and even though he's you know an equipment guy not the medical guy he was able to offer me insight a lot he was offering me <laughs> he was able to offer me insight on the day-to-day -day ways that he had seen in the past that ran smoother to help me as well as just different ways of interacting, keeping loose. You know, it's a long season. It's a long grind. But 
when you got a guy like Dex or even the rest of the staff between Drake or Jared or Jesse, like there was always someone laughing, always someone putting a smile on the face of the rest of the staff. So it, it makes that grind go a lot quicker and a lot smoother, I think. And you don't feel like you're grinding as much when you're having a good time. Well, after you got the, the, the job, you're, you're technically employed through Advent Health Sports and Re- Rehabilitation uh, and, and that program there and their partnership with the Solar Bears. Uh, but effectively, day to day during the season, you're reporting to, to Drake Barahowski, to Solar Bears president Chris Heller as well. Uh, there's constant communication for the, for those at home that that aren't exactly aware of of what you do. They only see you on the bench or on the ice uh, in, in in certain circumstances, tending to a player that may have gotten the bump or a bruise or, or taken a pretty aggressive hit uh, during the course of a game. But really, you are pretty much 24/7 on call for for whatever the team may happen to need. Uh, there's certainly a lot of paperwork, and as we said, a lot of communication. Walk us through, uh, for the fans at home, walk us through a, a day during the regular season and what that ultimately entails, whether it's on a game day or a practice day. So I'd say the normal practice day, um, get to the rink in the morning, you know, a few hours before the rest of the players, make sure everything's set up that they're going to need for their day. Then, you know, grab a coffee go into the room with Drake, Jared, and Dex, discuss different injuries, who's good to go for practice, who needs to be limited, who's out entirely, and what the plan is, what their return timeline looks like to make sure that we're all on the same page there, as well as you know, going over different travel plans coming up if we need anything from you know, my side, which isn't often, but just being available to make sure I know what Dex has going on and talking with Dex to make sure if, you know, there's a way we can alter some equipment for a guy to help with an injury or add something, add some padding, add some protective equipment to a different piece for someone just to make sure that uh, all of us are on the same page so that come practice time when the players get there, everyone knows what's going on. We're not sort of running around and saying, why isn't this guy on the ice? Why isn't this guy doing this? So just to try and make that go as smooth as possible. And then game days were, I'd say, pretty similar. Just the day-to-day, just making sure I'm talking with Drake. You know, he's a little old school. He prefers that face-to-face. So I send out, I would send out, you know, a daily email with the injury stuff. But Drake always liked to get it from me in person and that. Uh, helped to build that relationship, which was uh, very helpful for the rest of the year. And the, the the one thing, Mike, that that really strikes me is just how certainly there there is your your years of training, your your education, all of this factors in your ability to treat a player or, or to assess a player and make recommendations for being treated. The one thing that that always really strikes me, Mike, uh, that impresses me is just how social that the nature of the job is when guys are on the, the treatment table in the locker room, you're chatting them up, you're keeping them at ease. Uh, how, how does it come so natural to you? Um, I would just say, you know, you want to make sure you're building those relationships with the players because it's important to know that they can trust you and that, you know, you're there to help them. So setting that, you know, 
idea first, making sure they understand that. It definitely helps ease it in, and it's ease it into be like growing that relationship with the players because it's a lot easier to treat someone that's open with you and telling you everything rather than someone that's you know guarded and doesn't know you yet, doesn't fully trust you. So part of it is you know in order to get the best care, it's it's important for the guys too, and they understand that that I'm there to help them, so they know you know they can be open with me you know i'm going to do my best for them and i'm going to make sure that what they're telling me is you know held just between us to make sure that to show that they can trust me as well that you know while i am there to be a friend and to be friendly i'm also there to help them so they know that there's always that so i definitely think it helped you know playing the sport growing up you know you understand that family type bond within the relationship. And so while I'm not a player, I still, you know, create a different version of that bond with all the players to make sure that they know that they can trust me. I'm there for their best interests, as well as if they just want to, you know, sit down and chat about things going on or, you know, a funny thing they saw the other day. So they know that that, so that building that relationship with them becomes crucial where you can make jokes with them, but at the same time, when you need to, you know, lock it in and be serious, they understand when that's going on, but it definitely helps to keep the room light, keep the guys relaxed because some of the stuff, you know, no one likes to be injured. So, you know, I try and keep the room light when, when appropriate to make sure that they get the chance to laugh. They get the chance to just take that breath and relax to, so that they know, you know, ultimately it's going to be okay and we're going to do our best for them to make sure they get back to 100%, you know? Well, for you, you, you had sort of an interesting uh, trial by fire for your first year uh, late in the season when Orlando's goaltending core was just a complete revolving door. Uh, and at one point, uh, we had to add you as an emergency backup goaltender in late February. You never saw game action, but uh, you got in a couple of practices uh, when the situation called for it. Uh, how fired up were the guys, uh, and what was that experience like for you? Uh, I think everyone was having a good time with it. Um Everyone was pretty light in the locker room, you know, laughing, joking about it. You know, my biggest thing was, you know, making sure I got out of there and could still walk the next day because it had been a while since I'd played competitively. So, you know, jumping in there two days in a row, it definitely uh, takes a little toll on the body, but it was all in good fun. It was, you know, everyone was enjoying it, having a good time. Um, you know, until who I considered one of my best friends on the staff, uh, Mr. Jared Stahl, he, he sent the email to cut me from the team and, you know, well, that was a a tough pill to swallow. I, you know, (laughs) I knew that, you know, all the boys would get a kick out of it. So it was, uh, ultimately it was a fun time. Well, uh, as the, the season ultimately did come to a pretty screeching halt, in mid-March with the outbreak of the coronavirus pandemic worldwide uh, and the subsequent shutdown of various sports leagues throughout North America. Uh, you, you've been keeping busy uh, in spite of that and in spite of most of the players going home. Uh, a couple of players that have stayed behind that we've talked to on, on 
here on Bear Tracks. Jay Kugler was a previous guest in an earlier episode, uh, one of those players that you've been taking care of. Um, but as those players go home, you you kind of explained earlier, you're going to be doing some paperwork during the offseason, assisting the folks over at Advent Health. So again, Mike, I uh, haven't, haven't said it before, but I'll say it now. Uh, a thank you to, to you, your colleagues at Advent Health, uh, and all the medical care professionals here in Orlando and worldwide, nationwide, uh, for what you guys are doing, making sure that uh, we're going to be able to remain as healthy as possible. So, and certainly you will be play, playing a role in that uh, as as time goes on. Um, but again, a thank you to you and your colleagues. So, Mike, you've got a year under your belt, or as close to a year uh, with uh, the Solar Bears as it can possibly be, given the circumstances. Through that first season, what was maybe the most eye-opening experience for you as we went through the the grind of this season? So I'd say a few of the eye-opening things are, first of all, how much paperwork's involved in the day-to-day. You get exposed to it some in school, but, you know, nothing really prepares you until, you know, you're in that real world and it's your responsibility like that, as well as, you know, how much fun you can be having while you're at work, you know. It doesn't feel like you're working when you're having a smile, having a laugh the whole time because, you know, we had such a great staff. We had such a good group of guys in the locker room. So, you know, there was the one stretch where we had six games in eight days. And while we're grinding through that, you know, yeah, you may be tired, but you know it's worth it. And ultimately, you're still having a good time. So if you're going to be tired, you might as well be enjoying yourself while you're working that hard. So it's always worth it when you can, you know, smile at work and have a laugh. So, well, the one thing that, that always stuck out to me and you kind of touched on it, the, the six games and eight night stretch uh, in the final weeks of the, of what ended up being the regular season. Uh, the team was on the road for a lot of that. And as I recall, you, myself and, and Adam Dexter had to, to take care of a lot of, of moving of equipment and such, especially as we would bounce from city to city and dropping the players and, and the rest of the staff off in the wee hours of the morning and then heading to the arena to, to get the gear hung up and dried out and, and ready for morning skate or, or the game the following night. Uh, and that's another thing that I think not too many of the fans at home realize just how much work, again, I kind of touched on it earlier, how much work that you and Adam Dexter uh, and to a lesser extent myself put in on the road uh, making sure that the room is ready to go come morning, whether there is a morning skate or just a, a simple video review uh, for the, the players and the coaches. Um, for you, you, you've gotten a, a fair share of travel uh, and gotten the experience of ECHL travel in the last season. Uh, favorite city and least favorite city to travel to? I would say favorite city? Oh, Idaho. Boise, that was really beautiful. Uh, I like the layout of the city. The weather was great when we were there. And then least favorite to travel to for no other reason, just because it was always a real long ride and there wasn't a ton to do around the area, maybe Atlanta, but just because it's, you know, the outskirts, you're too far to do anything really in the city. And, you know, it was always after a long bus ride and just felt like we were just going there for one day at a time. So I guess Atlanta. The schedule was definitely a, a little uh, haphazard in that in that sense. There were a lot of just one-off bus trips to Atlanta for no other reason than I guess they couldn't schedule in a, a set of back-to-backs or even just a, a close city-hopping 
tour for us. I'm kind of shocked though, because Atlanta's got at least a nice arena, and you, your room, your the medical room in in for the visiting team in Atlanta is a pretty nice setup there, or at least it's spacious. I'd say just big. I didn't like being so far from. That is true. You are a little bit further down the hall from the rest of the the players and staff, so that that could I, I could see be a little bit problematic. But at least you're close to the to the bench and the access to the ice as well. Yeah, that's nice. Favorite? Uh, what, what's been your favorite meal that you've had on the road this season? Heaven knows we've had some good meals. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, meals on the road were always fun. You know, it was me, you, Dex, and you know my best friend, Mr. Jared. So and occasionally yeah. Drake would join us as well. Occasionally, yeah, sometimes. So I mean, all the meals, you know, it wasn't as much about the meal itself. It was the you know relaxation time and just talking and chatting and seeing what's going on. But maybe the my favorite meal was down in uh, Utah when me, you, Dex, Drake, and and Jared all went to the the Brazilian steakhouse. So, ah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, a lot that of was good food and just good conversation, a lot of good laughs at the table. So, yeah, I would say that was maybe the best meal of the year. That was a that was a fun trip. That swing out through through the mountain division with Boise and, and West Valley City with Utah was, I, I would say, probably one of my favorites. I mean, it's not too often that we we travel there. So let let that also let's get that out of the way right now. Let that that's not a precedent that's going to be set. You're not going to go into Utah and Idaho every year. So definitely uh, cherish that for sure. A couple more questions for you, Mike, before we let you go. Um, who's the biggest snorer on the bus? Uh, biggest snore, uh, not only on the bus, uh, he's also my roommate on the road. That would be, uh, Mr. Adam. Well, you have no one to blame for yourself. Uh, you, hold on. You have no one to blame but yourself for that one, because remember you and I were rooming at the start of the year and then you decided, Oh, let's change things up. Well, Jess, it just was, you know, a convenience factor. Me and Dex were always on the same schedule and, you know, very true. Very true. You and you and my best friend Jared Stahl were on pretty similar schedules as well, except for when you would occasionally uh, wake him up with the uh, air. The early alarm, and I would hit snooze. Yes, I know. Guilty, guilty as charged. Other than that, I think the roommate situation shook out shook out pretty well. I would say so. I, I would tend to agree. I think we all we all learned to adapt uh, as the season went along. Um, it was definitely a lot of fun this season. Uh, and, and certainly having you on board uh, definitely made the experience that much more enjoyable, Mike. Uh, I got to say, who's got between you and Dex? Who has a a better grasp of Broadway theater? Because the one thing that, especially again, touching back on that earlier six days and eight night uh, trip, nothing really broke up the monotony in the locker room uh, when it was just the three of us setting up the room. Uh, like some good old show tunes. So who's got the uh, the better Broadway acumen? Well, I mean, Dex, being you know older than me, he's got more experience. He's had more time to hear more tunes. But I mean, I I think the whole team would agree. I definitely have the better singing voice. But you know, together we're a pretty dynamic duo. Um, especially, you know, playing Dear Evan Hansen because that was, you know. Drake and Jared's favorite musical. So they loved when we played that and just, you know, really broke got the got the morning going the right way with a little tap, tap, tapping on the glass. 
Well, you know, nothing uh, nothing starts the day like some uh, Dear Evan Hansen and some a uh, couple of cups of coffee. You who who makes a better pot of coffee, you or Dex or Jared? Uh, well, or me. It was it was me. I don't drink. Uh, Drake I don't drink, me, but I will prepare the the coffee every now and then. Drake gave me the title of uh, official team barista on the road, so you know the issue that. And it's not your fault, Jess. You just put too much grounds and it gets into the coffee itself. So it's something you got to do with a light hand, but uh, with experience, we could help you. Well, here's hoping. But uh, in any case, Mike, uh, we, we've talked a lot. We touched on a lot of, uh, of different topics here this uh, for this episode of Bear Tracks. And again, we thank you for joining us. Uh, as someone that is pursuing an athletic training career, uh, the, the goal, end goal for from most guys in this league is to one day make it to the NHL. Uh, but for, for those that are still trying to figure out uh, and still in the infancy of, of maybe going through their education uh, or thinking, Hey, what it must be like to, to work in athletic training in the sports medicine field. Uh, what's the, what's the advice that you would give to, to someone at home who, who is maybe making that decision on, on where to, to go in their career? Um, I would, say you know find something you're passionate about if it's athletic training if it's sports medicine you know it's nice because it offers you a lot of variety you know I chose to work ice hockey but there's every sport under the sun has athletic training so you can always find a different sport to work and you know there's the pro levels there's college there's high school so there's you know a little niche for everybody is that how you say it niche niche yeah um so there's a spot for everybody um but again i think the ultimate thing with your job at the end of the day you gotta be passionate about it you gotta have a good time while you're doing it and you know that's the nice part of athletic training is you know you get to see that reward pretty much day in and day out of the guys that you're getting healthy and getting back onto the ice or you know the field whatever so just making sure you're passionate about it you enjoy it and you know, it brings you, brings you a smile and a laugh every day. He's a Orlando Solar Bears head athletic trainer, Mike Degatano. Mike, thanks for joining us on the latest episode of Bear Tracks. Uh, looking forward to next season uh, when we take the ice. Thanks for having me. And yeah, let's uh, hope we can get through this pandemic and come out stronger on the other side. Oh, big thanks to you and, and all the medical professionals at Advent Health and, and throughout the Orlando area. Uh, and all the different hospitals and uh, and for guiding us through this. So uh, best of luck. And uh, again, we'll see, uh, see you in October when uh, we take the ice uh, at the RDV Sportsplex and Amway Center. And a big thanks again to Mike for joining us for this episode of Bear Tracks. Uh, touched on his efforts and the, and the efforts of the folks at Advent Health uh, and throughout the Orlando area, the medical professionals, the the first responders in our community, but as well to his fiance Brianna Troy, she's back in uh, Philadelphia working at a hospital and working on the floor that is actually uh, taking care of a lot of the coronavirus victims at the hospital that she works at. So uh, again, a huge thank you to to all of our medical professionals and first responders that are on the front lines as we continue to make our way through the. COVID-19 pandemic and still all of us working from home, but uh, 
we were trying to find ways to keep you all entertained and keep things light, keep things upbeat. Hopefully you were able to enjoy that interview with Mike uh, here on the episode four of Bear Tracks. Uh, you can continue to follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook.com slash Orlando Solar Bears, on Twitter at Orlando Hockey, on Instagram at Solar Bears Hockey. And as always, visit us at Orlando Solar Bears Hockey dot com. Of particular note uh, this week, uh, I always want to pump up what we're, our latest uh, efforts are on social media. Head to our Twitter page again. The handle is at Orlando Hockey and submit video of you or your child scoring a goal. I'll be happy to apply my trademark goal call to that and uh, make it a little bit more Solar Bears centric for you. So head to Twitter uh, at Orlando Hockey and submit your videos today and hopefully uh, we'll have some good goal calls that come out of that uh, to keep us entertained as we make our way into the late spring, early summer months as we continue to fight COVID-19 and try to get a little brevity through all this. But again, thank you for joining us. This has been the latest episode of Bear Tracks. (laughs) 